Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Physicians Helping Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mudge Riley. I'm a physician who changed careers back in the early 2000s, and I found it very difficult. I then made it my mission to help others struggling with a transition after I had figured out my own career change. Today, we have a really cool guest, Dr. David Hanscom is gonna tell you a little bit about his background and his side gig and what he's doing. So David, go ahead and introduce yourself. I, I know the audience would love to hear in your words what you're doing and your background. Yeah, my name is David Hanscom. I'm an orthopedic spine surgeon from Seattle. I've been in, in complex spine surgical practice since 1986. <clears throat> and I trained in um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is a high level fellowship. And I, was on fire, came out with a lot of energy, and about eight years into my practice, I completely burned out. I developed chronic pain, I developed severe anxiety, developed really a disastrous 15-year freefall into severe chronic pain. And people don't understand chronic pain very well, and I didn't understand it at all. And all I knew, I was working really hard, I was driving across the Lake Washington Bridge one night, and I went from having literally no anxiety to having panic attacks in one night. And from that point on, things never were the same. And what I didn't realize is that as physicians, we're perfectionistic, we're driven, we sort of make a joke about it that we're sort of addicted to our adrenaline. And we are, because it's that adrenaline surge that keeps us going so hard and fast for so long. The problem is that adrenaline rush takes you right down the other side. What I found out is that the sustained levels of adrenaline affect each organ in the body in a different way. So I had 16 of these over 30 potential symptoms of chronic pain. So I had migraine headaches, my ears were ringing, I had tinnitus, um, I had my stomach was in knots, I developed severe chest pain, back pain, I had burning on my feet, I developed extreme anxiety, et cetera. And what happened by about 2002, I was really done. And by 2003, I happened to pick up a book called Feeling Good by David Burns. And he talked about, it was a, basically a book-based cognitive behavioral therapy, self-directed. David Burns said to start to begin to write. So I started writing. And within two weeks, things started to shift. And by six weeks, things were a lot better. To make a long story shorter, six months later, as, as I came across my anger issues, which I, again, didn't know I had, I started to heal. So today, 10, 15 years later, I have no symptoms. All the, the burning's gone, the rain's gone in my ears, headaches are gone, anxiety's gone. And so it's been a remarkable journey for me. But again, what I learned is that the sustained exposure to stress chemicals creates a feeling of anxiety. It turns out anxiety is not primarily a psychological issue. It's the result of unpleasant sensory input. The reason why it's so critical is that this unconscious survival response is a million times stronger than the conscious brain. So I was doing counseling, psychotherapy, all sorts of stuff, trying to solve this anxiety. And again, I didn't become a major spine surgeon by having anxiety, I became a major spine surgeon by suppressing anxiety. Anyway, jumping ahead in the game, I finally started to figure out what was going on and published my first book, Back in Control, A Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain in 2012. It was basically my own experience, my patient's experience, the second edition was published about a year and a half ago, now based on neuroscience research. And we've watched hundreds of patients go completely pain-free, hundreds. 
And it's very much of a simple self-directed process. And there's a bunch of things I learned in the trenches there that I think uh, maybe I'll stop and let you direct me where you want to go with the conversation. But I did learn that when you're trying to run from anxiety, frustration, it's a problem. And you can't run from your thoughts. You can't run from the anxiety. The same drive that got us to where we are really is the same drive that takes us right down the other side of the mountain. So as you know, the physician burnout rate right now is right around 60%. And I think it's based on this adrenaline drive. Yeah. Yeah. And physician suicide is also a problem. So um, this is very relevant to the things that are being talked about today. So as you were realizing these things about yourself, it, it sounds like you were still in practice. How did you integrate this into your life as you were making these very, very important realizations and kind of saving yourself? So I'm still in practice. I'm still a full-time spine surgeon and I just turned 65 this year. I'm going to come out of active surgical practice this year only because I'm just seeing a tremendous amount of surgery being done that should not be done. And it's just hard to watch. I never in my lifetime thought I'd see so much surgery being done on normal spines. So I'm actually walking from surgery in December to pursue the concepts of my book in a much stronger way. But here's the essence of the issue. And this is the whole essence with chronic pain. And physicians have the same problem as chronic pain patients do, is that we have, you have this endless repetition of thoughts. I call it obsessive thoughts, and they are. And physicians in general are an obsessive group of definitions, how we get to where we are. The problem is you get stronger and stronger with repetition. So it's not a psychological issue, it's a programming problem. So any physical threat is met with an adrenaline response and you feel anxious. Anxiety is a sensation generated by the chemical surge. Humans have a major problem is that thoughts have been shown to create the same reaction as the physical threat. So we all have racing thoughts. We have this endless adrenaline surge. And the bottom line is if you want to talk about it, it's a million to one ratio against you. You actually reinforce the process. So what we do as a human race, we get really busy and active to outrun these thoughts. And in medicine, we do this for a long time because we're so busy, so structured, so everything that we're actually quite successful at doing that. The problem is if your peace of mind is dependent on actual circumstances, you're screwed. So back in 1993, when things started coming apart badly, I really wanted to quit doing spine surgery, maybe go back into total knees, total hips, or sports medicine, which I also have a lot of expertise in those, and obviously a lot, lot, lot less stressful. But I had some gut feeling that if I made the decision to escape the anxiety, it wasn't the right decision. And I was correct. So we can talk about the solution as far as the actual steps of solution, solution in detail on another podcast, but the essence of the solution is that you learn to become comfortable, you train your brain to become comfortable with uncomfortable sensations. In other words, you learn to be with the pain, learn to be with the anxiety, then as your nervous system calms down, you can start making better decisions. The problem is if you're running from the anxiety, you're going to make reactive decisions that aren't very helpful. And guess what? The anxiety is still there. So I do, do agree that less stress is more stress. Remember, if you're trying to avoid stress, it eventually becomes very stressful avoiding stress. Then we look at these very high-profile people like Kate Spade and you know, Robin Williams and Anthony Bourdain. I mean, what, what didn't they have, right? So they had family, they had friends, they had fame, they had fortune, they had everything, but they couldn't outrun their thoughts. 
So physician suicide is a big deal. I was suicidal. I actually crossed the line in 2002 to, to finish myself off. I got 20 medical colleagues dead from suicide. We just had an internist about four weeks ago here at Swedish commit suicide. She was 53 years old, beautiful woman, two kids. And what happens is this relentless anxiety that drives us. But when I give lectures on burnout to physicians, I use the word anxiety, people just want to go through the floor. So the bottom line is, is that as you train your brain to be comfortable with anxiety, as the adrenaline drops, anxiety drops. If you want to talk about it, analyze and fix it, you're actually reinforcing the pathways. So the bottom line is the key is to get happy first, get calm first. I wrote a website post called the ring of fire where there's three rings. The, the center is green. The middle ring is red, which is anxiety, frustration, and just the basic survival reflexes. Then the blue ring is our doing, achieving, accomplishing, things that we do sort of to create our identity. And what I was very good at, I was very, very good about staying in the blue ring to avoid the red ring. But remember, you're always going outward away from the pain. And what happens is that you just wear out. You start sinking into the red ring more often, more often. You come back out, you go back in. And pretty soon you're starting to spend a lot of time in that red ring and you start to fight it. Well, again, if you look at the brain in terms of neuroplasticity, if you fight it, you're paying a lot more attention to it. So what happened to me, I just burned out. I had nothing left to me. So I ended up in the green center by default. My identity got completely stripped. I had nowhere to go, totally desperate. And that was the answer. When I quit trying to create a David Hanscom identity based on my accomplishments or what I wanted to do, all of a sudden I found who I was because there's nothing left. I mean, all that was left was me. So you don't have to do that, by the way, to do this. So my suggestion to many of my fellows, also my colleagues, my son, daughter, is that they're looking for the perfect job, perfect situation to make themselves happy. And the key issue is when your peace of mind and happiness is dependent on other people's approval or external circumstances, you're at the mercy of those circumstances. So by using the tools of detaching, separating, and calming down the nervous system, you can be in the green center. Then we make decisions, they're very powerful decisions based on who you are, what you want, not based on trying to avoid anxiety. Yeah. So I know I covered a huge amount of ground here. There's obviously a huge yeah. you know, well, conversation. But the essence is you don't try to change jobs to outrun your anxiety. That's right. Yeah. You know, this is really important work that you're doing on so many different levels, but really relating to the listeners uh, that are listening right now, um, most of them are considering a job change or a career change. And uh, we talk a lot about really running towards something versus running away from something which sounds like it's right along the same lines of what you're describing and you're providing the physiologic explanation of why really running away from something is so detrimental on so many levels for people and why really being calm with yourself and, and calming that anxiety and running towards something is a better solution. Ha have I kind of summed up what you were telling us yeah, you have, because you can't solve chronic pain. In other words, pain's a necessary survival response. 
And again, the unconscious brain is much more powerful than the conscious brain. So you can't control it, but you can direct it. In other words, if you're going to learn a foreign language, you spend hours and hours learning the language, that's where your brain develops, right? Yeah. If your brain's stuck on fixing anxiety, you develop these obsessive thought patterns that become incredibly powerful. And that's where your attention is, right? So you don't solve chronic pain, you separate, then you move towards health. But here's the key. This is the hardest part about the whole process. I do workshops, so three-day workshops, sometimes five-day workshops. The first thing I tell my participants is that you're not here to get rid of your pain. You're here to be with your pain and live your life to the fullest with without your pain. So it's a little bit of a twist in what you just said because you're correct. But as you move forward to what you want, you're moving away from what you don't want. If you're moving forward to escape what you don't want, that's a huge problem because that's still because what you don't want is still running the show. But here's the kicker. What you have to what you have to move towards is your pain. You have to move towards your pain. Mm, okay. You have to walk right into it. You know, you're trying, it's not mind over matter. You're not trying to conquer the pain. The only word I can use, I can't describe this really very well, but it's like you assimilate your pain as part of who you are. Life is all sorts of struggles and stresses. And if you think about it, I mean, all of us had, you know, difficult childhoods at certain levels and difficult kids at school to deal with and teachers and all sorts of stuff. But when you're young, you still, the adversity can be really deep but it still sort of bounces right off you, right? Your resiliency is there. The problem with anxiety is that it gets, it's a programming problem. So with repetition, just like any learned skill, it becomes stronger as you get older. So what happens is that as we keep fighting it, in my generation, it was in the 30s and 40s, people start having quote nervous breakdowns, which is unrelenting anxiety. And now it's in the teens and 20s in a huge way. It's a big problem. So you, you literally, as the Buddha says, is that pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Well, the suffering becomes, becomes is because you're attached to the outcome. In other words, you're, if something happens in a good way, you're happy. If something is unhappy while you're sad. Well, it's not about positive thinking. In other words, if something's bad, you get to be unhappy. If something is good, you get, you get to enjoy it. But if you have a mental word in front of you called happy, and I, I think, by the way, self-esteem and the word happy are deadly words because it, it, you all, all of a sudden you're comparing in your mind some ideal of happy, mm-hmm. and you're either above or below that. Same thing with self-esteem. It's a judgment pattern. So there's a book called The Way to Love that all my fellows and I'll read. One of my, my, one of my colleagues gave, gave it to me. It's called The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. It's, it's a, he's, he's a Jesuit priest, but it's not a religious book. It's about attachment. And anytime you're attached to anything and your peace of mind is depending on that, whatever, being a positive experience, you're at the mercy of that experience. So his solution is awareness. So becoming aware of your attachment eventually dissolves it. Same thing, let's go back to the more practical situation of your job situation, is if you're aware that, okay, I want to do something different, it's fine, then that's great. But if you have an underlying anxiety, own it. In other words, people say, oh, I'm not really trying to run from anxiety, I'm just looking for a new job. Well, we'll do anything to deny that we have anxiety, especially as physicians. Again, when I mention the word anxiety to physicians, they go, what do you mean? I'm not anxious. How, how, you're talking about you being anxious? I'm not anxious. So 
Physicians are supposed to be the healers. We're supposed to be above it all. We have more stress than probably any other profession. Yeah, we have anxiety. And we try to suppress it and run from it. We actually make it way worse. So by owning it and literally living with it and being with it, that's what we call the ring of fire. Because in the blue ring, you're on the outside being busy. The red ring, you are anxious and afraid. And the green ring is in the center. So what you do is you train your brain, literally program your brain, be comfortable with anxiety and frustration because they're both there. They're not going away. Then you can enter the green ring and stay there. But remember, when you take out a new project, like a new job, you have to go back through the red ring or on a new date or new experience. Whatever you do in a positive way also takes going back through the red ring, right? So what happens paradoxically is you go back and forth through this ring all the time and quit trying to avoid it that red ring starts becoming more narrow. And a lot of things you think were stressful are simply the next thing to do. So remember this interpretation of what we do also makes things stressful, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So the ring of fire, I'll recommend if you want to read one site, actually a couple of website posts, my website, by the way, is backincontrol.com. The book is Back in Control, A Surgeon's Roadmap About a Chronic Pain. But look at the website post called The Ring of Fire. That one's called Solving the Unsolvable. The one's moving forward with your pain. Then the other one, which I really enjoy, was sent to me by a patient, is called She Just Let Go. You just let go. You move forward on your terms. I think, and I mentioned before the conversation that when you're angry and frustrated and anxious, you're reacting. In other words, anytime you're anxious or frustrated, you're reacting to a threat, right? So your body's full of chemistry, adrenaline, and adrenaline actually shuts down the blood supply to the frontal lobe of your brain. You don't think clearly. It's a survival reflex. So if you take the letter C out of the middle of the word reactive and put it in front, you have the word creative. Mm. So if you're not, when you're reacting, you can't think and make good decisions. When you calm down, your body's full of pleasant play chemicals, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonins. It's a totally different experience. These are making choices on your terms, not on the world's terms. Yeah, I like that. I really like that play on uh, the word. That's great. So if you had to tell someone one thing, what would you tell them? And and think about this person being someone uh, of any career, but most likely a physician who is thinking about leaving the profession for whatever reason, whether it's burnout, anxiety, boredom, just an interest in doing something else, what would be your advice? Well, I mean, what I would recommend is literally spending three months with my book and the website. Because it's a very complicated question, which is not hard to answer once you understand the steps. So the key is you really have to do get into the green center. And you can't do it, you cannot do it with positive thinking. You can't be comfortable with pain without learning the tools and skills to do it. So when you have gone through the process, whatever it is, can take a week and take a year, who knows. But training your brain to not react to stress is a big deal. So once you're in that green center, you'll know it, you're there. And then you start making some great decisions. You start doing what you wanna do. So that's the key issue. And then the other thing is if you're making transitions, I just did a three day refresher course. You might've read in my book about the Hoffman process. And I recommend the Hoffman process is an integration process. 
it does about five years of this in a week. I just one of my best friends go through last week, same experience. I've had about 60 friends and family go through the process. So they create a keen awareness of the family patterns that are running in your life, that you're gonna play out in your family and your career. And they're the ones who tell me about anxiety being the driver. When you're anxious, you're in a reactive survival pattern, right? So by becoming aware of those survival patterns, you find out who you are, what you wanna do. It's a great process for transitions. And I highly recommend if anybody's thinking about doing a transition, to consider spending six to 12 weeks on my website, go through stage one, stage two, get into those processes. There's a lot of, a lot of different steps to do. Then seriously consider the Hoffman process at some point before you make those major decisions. Wow, yeah. So many good resources. Thank you. And yes, I recommend everyone check out David's website. It's, it's chock full of information. He's written so many different articles and th there's just a lot of good information there if you're resonating what he, with what he's saying. All right. Well, it looks like our time is about up. So thank you so much, David, for your time, for sharing your expertise with everyone. And um, we look forward to maybe another podcast with you at some point in the future because you just have so much good knowledge to share with everyone. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. No, I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Great. Well, this concludes another session of the Physicians Helping Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mudge-Riley. We'll be releasing this in the next couple of weeks and be on the lookout for the newest podcasts that are released on a two-week basis. Thank you again. Hope you're having a great day.